Today on the show, we'll look at the Respect for Marriage Act that just passed the House and the Senate and was signed into law last week. And we'll look at the celebration that was held at the White House and ask the question, does the modern progressive left actually care about the institution of marriage? Well, we'll answer that question by looking at two personalities on Good Morning America who are having a very open affair. And then we'll look at violence. Just recently, a subcommittee was held that discussed white supremacy and violence, and some of the experts on the panel had called for violence against Supreme Court justices during the Roe hearings. And then finally, we'll look at Elon Musk's tenure at Twitter. Does the left actually care about results? Because not only has Elon exposed some things that were happening at Twitter, but also he has made a huge dent in child pornography being trafficked on the site. But he just recently released a poll and asked if he should remain head of Twitter and said he would abide by the results of the poll. And it looks like, well, his days at Twitter may be over. We'll talk about that and more today on IndieThinker. Today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Element Home Loans. If you're looking for a brand new home and you want to get in the game before interest rates go even higher, then you need to go to KevinBlairTeam.com right now to get pre-qualified for a home loan. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, it's Christmas, Reed. Well, there is no better present than a brand new home for you, your family, your dog, and whoever else, maybe your brother-in-law who may be hanging out in the basement. This is the time right now to surprise your family and give them the gift that keeps on giving, which of course is shelter. So to do that, you need to go to kevinblairteam.com and get pre-qualified today totally for free. Not only are these guys great sponsors of the show, but they're great people. They deal in integrity and make sure that you have all the information that you need to become an informed buyer. There's no gimmicks, no tricks, just good customer service. So go to kevinblairteam.com today to see how Element Home Loans can help you get into a brand new home. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Do me a favor. That's the best Christmas gift you can give me. And the best Christmas gift you can give yourself is by going to IndieThinker.org where you can get some great apparel. Now, of course, it will be late for Christmas, but it's never too late to tell somebody you love them. And that's one of the best ways you can do it. Now, today we're going to be talking about the American left, which consistently wants to take you back in time for some reason. Like Marty McFly making out with his mom, they have no sexual moral values and they think that we're in the 1950s for some reason. They'd like you to believe that. Nothing has changed since then and that marriage rights for homosexuals are dangerously close to being canceled by religious bigots who just can't mind their own business and desperately want to pollute society with their purity culture. Before long... Every single one of them will have you wearing purity rings and making you stay six inches away from women. But I think we know better because the modern day left is entirely regressive. Uh, the only thing they can do is rehash old controversies and try to dig up old victories in order to appear like they're making progress. So they roll out things like the Emmett Till Lynching Act as though people were being lynched on a regular basis. And then the John Lewis Voting Rights Act as though voting rights were actually in danger because people were being asked to ID themselves. And if they didn't have an ID, they couldn't fraudulently vote. Yeah, real dangerous there. And then, of course, most recently, the Respect for Marriage Act, as though there were some kind of attack on marriage in the present. Politicians in the modern day are just such talentless hacks that they cannot do anything other than try to dig up dead bodies from our past and then prop them up and act as though they are alive. 
as though we're in some kind of Weekend at Bernie's movie, which brings us to Joe Biden. Here is the star of Weekend at Bernie's himself speaking at the RMA celebration or Respect for Marriage Act celebration at the White House. Now, this event brought out the best and the brightest, people like Cindy Lauper. And yes, for those of you who are wondering, she is still alive. And Britta Filter, best known for her performance here. Now, I can't necessarily air the performance for you because it's probably copyrighted. So I'll just try to explain as you see it on the screen here. So what you can see if you're watching or for those of you who are listening is a very, very large African-American male who has been shoved into what can only be described as either a clown slash circus outfit or a Halloween costume and uh, is dancing around a church. And as people gawk at this individual and wonder why we should clap and or celebrate. Um, now, the reason for this is, is more apparent when you can actually hear the audio from this. I'll link it below. And um, this is a adult man, probably in his mid-30s or so, morbidly obese, who is lip-syncing. And the question is, why should we celebrate a man who can prance around in lip sync? Like Millie Vanilli got into a lot of trouble for, for that. Yes, you know it's true. So the point is this, lip singing and prancing around uh, if you're a man as a woman is not really a talent. So the question remains why we should celebrate this, especially in a church, but more importantly, why should we celebrate what just took place at the White House, there's presently zero attacks on marriage to speak of, but the progressives would have you believe that just like abortion was threatened by the Supreme Court, so marriage is the next to be attacked. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and they can overturn a Burgeville. But let me remind you of a simple fact. The Supreme Court did overturn Roe v. Wade, but they did not overturn ab abortion. All they did was give the states the right to choose. So in the same way, even if Obergefell was overturned, the decision as to what constitute marriage, marriage would fall to the states. So where is this supposed attack against the rights of homosexuals to be married? Although I fully believe that there is no such thing as homosexual marriage, there is no persistent or even existent outcry for this kind of thing. So please tell me, where are the advocates trying to make homosexual marriage illegal exactly? But here's Biden clearly illustrating how detached he is from reality. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. Wrong. So please tell me where this is happening. The answer is absolutely nowhere. No restaurant in America is kicking people out because, uh, uh, because they are homosexuals and they are married. So, so why even suggest it? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, he's looking for accolades because he's a very bad president. He's a completely incapable man and has to try to do something to celebrate. So even if he actually didn't do anything by signing this Respect for Marriage Act, it looks as though he did. Now, the second thing is this, is that the truth is a liability to liars. He can't really tell the truth here. Uh, these people like Biden and other progressives like him, they don't have morals and they constitute probably the most dangerous part of society today. As much as we talk about white supremacy and as much as we talk about uh, anti-Semitism, the reality is, is that all of that is solved with a group of people who care about truth, 
who care about the ideas, you know, written in the Constitution, that there are inalienable rights and that people are made in the image of their creator. And because of that, then they have rights. But as we step further and further away from that, those truths, it, liars find a lot of room to explore the, the studio space, as it were. More cowbell, please. Really explore the studio space this time. Even Biden can't bring himself to suggest that the real antidote for much of what we're looking for today in society is truth. It's actually something much different. So here's him telling what the antidote for, uh, for hate actually is. Racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, transphobia, they're all connected. But the antidote to hate is love. Now, I argue here that the antidote for hate is not love but rather truth. The reason it's love rather than truth for Biden is because love is a throwaway word in our culture. We love our kids, so we're supposed to abort the ones we don't want. We love our kids, so we're supposed to chop off their breasts. What's next? We love our kids, so we take them to public school? No, love is a word that to the modern progressive does not mean anything. It certainly doesn't mean commitment, monogamy, responsibility, and work. If it does mean anything, it means feelings. That's why progressives love the word love. Love is a word that can mean anything to them. Here's how you know. The signs in their yard give it away. Love is love. Love is love is the most circular definition in the world. They self-define words because they don't actually like the truth. They don't actually want to dig into definitions and words and what they actually mean. They want to try to continually subvert those because they are looking to push forward the agenda at even at the expense of truth. You can see this, too, in the way that they emotionally blackmail parents with the whole, would you rather have a living son or a dead daughter nonsense, which doesn't bear witness or any sense of um, authenticity when we look at suicide statistics in the trans community. It's just an absolute lie. But fourth, and perhaps most importantly, is this idea that I think is important to note, because the, the progressive left is just absolutely delusional. And, I, and I'm not being ad hominem here. I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. But I want to make sure you understand that I'm being actually compassionate here. It's said that you should never ascribe to malice what you can chalk up to ignorance. And so in this case, in my usual benevolent and gracious way, I will concede not all progressives are interminable liars, just most of them. However, without exception, every single one of them are deeply delusional. Biden is the oldest dustbag president we've ever had, but he is not as senile as some would make him out to be. He is often oddly consistent and on message with progressivism, and it is just that progressivism is so bad and so incoherent that Biden comes off as totally insane. This is because progressivism is dedicated to the destruction of the past in effort to rebuild a brighter future that somehow keeps getting darker and darker. The very mission of progressivism is a suicidal and incoherent ideology, and it leaves one asking, am I the insane person? Because the things that they're talking about are totally insane. Like, what am I missing here? All of this is because there is no value proposition in progressivism. It's progress for the sake of of progress without a limiting principle or any standard of values. In fact, the very establishment of any set of values will, will immediately have to be destroyed and replaced with something else. This is why there is a never-ending list of genders and a never-ending list of pronouns. When you throw out all standards as oppressive and heteronormative, what you're left with is the very problem that is right before us, a group of people making progress at the expense of truth, and you can only cut off your nose to spite your face so long. And all of these people, in the meantime, 
don't even realize very often that they are pushing forward an agenda at the expense of truth because they have convinced themselves that what they believe is actually based in reality. But that is because they do not have a basis beyond their own feelings and emotions. See, they do not have a transcendent set of values they believe in as our culture moves further and further to the left and further and further away from God. We find that everybody arbitrarily dictates their own moral values and a society predicated upon that actually cannot survive. A society must be established on a set of moral values that holds us all together, that centers us and anchors us in reality. Without a set of transcendent moral values, we float aimlessly in the sea, waiting for death to take us all. So Biden hopes you're dumb enough to applaud him for a make-believe victory, sure, but he's also dumb enough to applaud himself because he and people like him don't have values, no morals, no real faith in anything. So applauding yourself for make-believes wins makes sense. When nothing is good, nothing is beautiful, nothing is true, and nothing is holy, we can stand in front of a steaming pile of poo and we can appreciate our work. And that's just what progressives are trying to do, and we'll see that in our top stories today. This weekend, I'll be releasing a special Christmas episode that will have a friend of mine coming on the show, and we're going to be doing some dad jokes, and he's qualified for this because he is a dad of, of girls, so pray for this guy. But then also, uh, we'll be talking about Christmas songs, and one of my pet peeves is Christmas songs that are really like love songs parading around as Christmas songs. You might be able to think of one song in particular that is in every store and every mall that you go into around this time of year that really doesn't have anything to do with Christmas and only has to do with supposed love. And as I spoke about earlier in the show, this this idea that love is nothing more than a feeling, but yet it's the most important virtue uh, that we can, that we refuse to actually describe. Um, uh, is is troubling to say the least because, you know, we, we have euphemisms about love, like you fall into love. And this is why so many people are falling out of love so easily because love is not a puddle of mud. You don't just fall into it. Love is 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 a virtue. It's not just a feeling. And I can't help but wonder, as we move further and further away from reality and further away from Christian truth, if we will find it harder and harder to actually describe what love is. I know this, we are self-defining things more and more. Um, maybe that's why Wikipedia even exists, but certainly that's the case in our top story today as we look at two Good Morning America personalities who have been reportedly having an ongoing affair. And so Yahoo News reports that Amy Robuck and T.G. Holmes prove they are very much together in new PDA photos after being taken off GMA. Now, in all fairness, I have no idea who these people are and do not watch Good Morning America on purpose. But supposedly, these two people are married and just released photos of them uh, participating in public displays of affection uh, with each other as ongoing rumors have been circulating about an affair that's been going on for some time. Now, these two have not been on air since December 5th because of their inappropriate conduct with, with each other. So just to show that our society is not totally decayed. There is some morals uh, to, to society and, and to certain corporations who would remove these two people who are having inappropriate workplace relationships. But I think it won't be too long before this is just kind of 
the norm. As we continue to dilute marriage more and more, we'll find that marriage actually doesn't mean anything. So um, so what does it matter if you're cheating on your spouse? Marriage is just a feeling, just like love is, I suppose. But the story goes on and it says this. Robach 49 and Holmes 45 were photographed by paparazzi while eating at the Capitol Grill and strolling together arm in arm. The Daily Mail published the photos on December 15th, just a little over one week since the GMA 3 what you need to know, stars began their on-screen hiatus. And I'll throw up the screenshot of these photos for you now. So Robach has been married to Andrew Shue since 2010, and in 2022, they just announced their separation, so they are still presently married, um, but just separated from each other. Holmes, meanwhile, is married to attorney Marielle Feibig, who he tied the knot with in 2010 as well. Godwin went on in her recent statement addressing Robach and Holmes' controversial alleged workplace romance, I understand that the continuing coverage can be distracting from the incredibly important work our team does here at ABC News. Uh-huh. Whatever you say. Now, both of these couples have been married for 12 years, and they have kids, and you might think to yourself that they have an obligation to protect their families and protect their children and stay committed to their marriages for maybe even the sake of their kids. But, of course, the story that's going to come out of this is a torrid romance about two people who just happened to fall in love regardless of the fact that they were married. And... Now, that only leaves us with one question, well, perhaps many, but one of them among them is this, if love is love, then aren't they right? It Can't they leave their families, leave their kids, and go chase each other until they find the next person that they think they're in love with and say, well, I decided to leave my partner, and because love is love, I will consistently do this every single five years. Well, the point here is this, is that to the delusional, progressive, love is love. But to the rest of us living in the real world outside of outer space, love is commitment. Love is responsibility. Love is monogamy. Love is realizing that people grow and that you need to grow and that we all need to grow. Love, sure, does not put up with abuse. Um, and, and that can be physical as well as mental. But this idea that the luster has gone or that we just fell out of love or that uh, we no longer feel the same way that we used to is the stuff of fairy tale legends and, of course, the stuff of complete immaturity. Now, it is also the stuff of delusional leftism. Because this is the point I'm trying to make throughout the rest of our stories that we'll see today is just this, is that if you do not have a common sense definite definition of words and ideas and virtues, then of course they can mean whatever you want them to mean. That seems to be what the progressive left is all about today anyway, is that they want to destroy everything they can put their hands on, including marriage. But even if I'm wrong about that very obvious conspiracy theory, the reality is we all know that if you refuse to define a word, it can become anything that you want it to be. And marriage is certainly one of those words that we're toying around with right now, and eventually we'll figure out why we shouldn't have in the first place. This has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a Christian and homosexuality is something that is forbidden in the Bible and that I don't believe personally homosexuals should be married. It, it has to do with the fact that words have meaning. They mean something. 
And you can't consistently go around destroying words and expecting there to be no consequences. I would say this is true for those of us in Christian communities and for those watching who are not in those communities. I, um, I, I can only hope you, you get this. But, but for the longest time, we've battled in Christian churches with whether or not we should use words like repentance and sinner and those kind of things and whether or not those push people away. So let's just reestablish the language and let's re-educate ourselves to not use those Bible words but use more modern vernacular. So instead of sinner, we'll just use somebody who has maybe lost their way or somebody that has low self-esteem. And all of that is to absolutely change the not only the definition of sinner, but to, ch- to try to attempt to change reality. And we do so at our own peril. And we'll see this is not only true of, of marriage, but also, also violence. Because perhaps people who talk about violence are more interested in one-sided definitions for their own agenda's sake, more so than they are because they actually are concerned about violence. Because just recently, there was a subcommittee being held about white supremacy and violence. And, um, and some of the experts on the panel had some interesting things to say, one in particular. Now, before I get to the clip, I just I have to go towards this kind of appeal to expertise and the logical fallacy that that is, because... It's really clear that the word expert absolutely means nothing anymore in society today. Part of our kind of loosening of actual real definitions and no longer having standards and morals and anything which we can look to to derive true authentic moral values from uh, as a society, as we, as we kind of push aside religion and push aside the Bible as antiquated, we're, we're, we're finding that um, we're, we're cutting off our nose to spite our face a little bit. And, and, and one of them is, is that these, we have these incessant subcommittees on white supremacy and violence. This is another one of those things that I have to I have to ask about. Like, when was the last time you saw white supremacy? Now, take away TV, take away movies. Last time you saw white supremacy? I mean, is is this this is an issue whenever it happens? But is it an issue in terms of its frequency and its volume? I I think not. But yet we're still endlessly wasting taxpayer dollars bringing on supposed experts to talk about this very thing. Now, to show you why this is troubling, um, to say the least, is one of the experts on this panel has an interesting history in terms of rhetoric. So um, in effort to expose hypocrisy whenever we can, uh, and it is glorious in this instance, here's this subcommittee and one of the experts on the panel. Check this out. Is rhetoric on social media a problem and a threat to our democracy, Mr. Ward? Yes, absolutely. Mr. Siegel? Yes. Ms. Caraballo? Yes. Ms. Nomani? Yes. Ms. Tyler? Yes. Yes. Um, Another question I have, uh, do you believe that rhetoric targeting officials with violence for carrying out their constitutional duties um, is a threat to democracy, Mr. Ward? Mr. Siegel? Yes. 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 All right. Thank you very much. Only a few weeks after the attempted attack on a Supreme Court justice on June 25th, one of the witnesses, Alejandra Caraballo, tweeted out the following in response to a decision on abortion overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'll quote directly from the tweet. The six justices who overturned Roe should never no peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they're in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. I know something about being accosted. The night of January 5th, 
I was physically accosted on the streets of DC in Navy Yard by a constituent of mine. I fervently blamed rhetoric, rhetoric on social media, rhetoric at public events, for being physically accosted. I carry a gun everywhere I go when I am in my district and I'm at home because I know personally that rhetoric has consequences. I've had my car keyed. I've had my house spray painted. I had someone trespass in my house as recently as August. I've been doxxed on social media about where I live. Um, and I've had to add to security everywhere I go, often because I can't afford it. I have to carry my own firearm wherever I go. Now, I, I showed you that because it's just truly epic, but I also wanted to show it to you because I think it's interesting. Um, the left is very quick to try to attribute motive to things that the uh, right has said. This happened just recently with the, the Club Q shooter in, in Colorado. But, uh, but here I think we have a very clear distinction that I think is important to note, is we have somebody literally asking for Supreme Court justices to be accosted. And I can't think of a single person who has actually asked for a drag queen to be attacked, like at all. So here's just a small little suggestion for my expert on the, the panel there. Moral consistency happens with moral values. And I just want to say this one last thing to more a more broad audience, which is this, is that we often think that we need to lie to be kind. This is, this is not benevolence in any shape, form, or fashion. Lying to people for the sake of kindness is actually, it's actually abuse. Uh, this is a kind of mental abuse, especially when done for those who believe that they're of a different gender because they feel a certain way and want you to use their pronouns. Uh, the reality is, is that somebody trying to force you to speak a certain way is actually um, way more abusive than actually telling somebody that uh, they might be wrong about something. The point is this, is that Christians especially get this wrong, that to be honest is to be unkind. Now, should we present the truth in a way that's appealing to people? Absolutely. We need decency. We need to be winsome. But, but we often confuse the fact that the truth can often confront with the fact that it is unloving. But being confrontational, according to Scripture, is actually very loving. I mean, that's what the Bible says. It says that secret kisses are actually really destructive, but open wounds are actually beneficial to people. So in other words, don't lie to people and, and, and make them only feel good about themselves uh, when, when the truth is at stake, because being honest with people is way more beneficial than lying to people to their face. So we'll, we'll see that in our next story, because there are some people who are not concerned whatsoever for Elon Musk's feelings, which I think is interesting, because recently he just put up a poll to see if he should remain head of Twitter. And it looks as though the poll is leaning in one direction, as you can see on the screen. It looks like the vast majority of people well, I say vast majority, but certainly the majority of people uh, think that he should step down as the head of Twitter. Now, I think this is very interesting, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring it to all to our attention is that since Elon Musk has taken over, it is clear that it is in better hands than it used to be. This is obvious from the fact that the Twitter files have exposed all of the things that were going on behind the scenes at Twitter, including shadow banning of individuals that, uh, that certain left-leaning 
people in places of authority didn't like. That's the likes of Charlie Kirk. That's the likes of Dan Bongino and, and many, many more. Uh, so not only were people being shadow banned, but also the FBI had a very sickeningly close relationship with places like Twitter. And we can only imagine what's going on at Facebook, but certainly um, places like Twitter to, to make sure that they shut down information on the Hunter Biden story and, and, and so much more. And still more information is yet to come. But this is, this is the important thing about Musk is that we never would have known any of that if it weren't for Musk. But maybe if that's not enough for you, because I know that there are leftist journalists crying crocodile tears right now that they're being exposed for their lack of real journalistic integrity because they refuse to actually report on these things uh, and wish to suppress stories as well. If that's not enough, the one thing that Musk has done since he has been the head of Twitter is to shut down child pornography on Twitter. In fact, the Daily Wire just released a recent statistic showing that there has been a 57% increase in November of child exploitation suspensions. From all the evidence, the former regime at Twitter did not take child pornography and child exploitation serious at all. Step back for just a minute. Elon Musk fired a bunch of people and the Twitter regime is a mere third of what it used to be, but yet they were able to cut in half, more than half, the exploitive material on the platform. Now that tells me just one thing, that the people that were in charge before are way worse than Musk. And it leaves me remembering just that progressives, they, they want a lot of things that in theory sound good, well, open borders, just, you know, we love everybody. And so we want to bring everybody in here as just one big family. And while I appreciate immigration and the opportunity for people to come from other countries to this great nation to make a name for themselves and to make their own way, all of this has to be done within the right way. Because ultimately, what sounds good in theory, but is dangerous in practice, can ultimately be deadly. It's this age-old lesson, be careful what you wish for. You, you can wish for many, many things, but be careful what you wish for because what you think you want is not actually what you really need, and you may reap the consequences of that. And ultimately, I'm only saying that in terms of Musk because I think Musk has been already, in his short tenure there at Twitter, been such a catalyst for change that if... He spent $40 billion just to expose the Twitter files and just to stop child pornography. Um, I think this man is one of the greatest heroes in, in recent memory. Now, of course, leftists somewhere are scratching their eyeballs out as they think about this. But, but if, if that is this man's legacy, then what a legacy. What, what, what a sacrifice to spend $40 billion to, to do that very thing. And so... I can only imagine what will take his place if Musk is not there. Now, this has a different side of this as well, because leftists may be freaking out right now about Elon Musk, but Elon Musk is also warning, be careful what you ask for, because if you want me gone, uh, it almost seems like there's a veiled threat here. So I'm curious as to who will be put in place of Musk if Musk goes. I can only imagine 
And this is what my vote is for. In fact, I added Elon Musk this very suggestion that he place Matt Walsh in charge of Twitter. Um, even if for only 24 hours, this would be the most epic day in Twitter history. So anyway, leftists, be careful what you ask for because you may just get exactly, exactly what you didn't want the most. So I say all of this at the end of the day to bring back to the point of the show what I'm really trying to get across. John Adams said this, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. I would argue that all society is dependent upon a religious people because endemic to religious people is a code of conduct that is held in high regard and higher than desire. Outside of religious people, the animating principle for every society will be nothing more than a sliding scale of one's own passions and desires. The modern progressive movement knows that and celebrates it. For what could be better than one's feelings? However, we instinctually know that a society based upon individual feelings is a recipe for disaster. Not only does it open the door for unbridled lust in like the Brave New World kind of style of drugs and sex, where people become, uh, uh, where that becomes the real opiate of the people, but more importantly, we all know that a society needs laws, and not just rules, but moral laws. So a common refrain I hear from progressive Christians is that you can't legislate morality. Well, you can't make someone moral through laws. That's true, but you sure as hell can legislate morality. You can do it by making it unthinkable to kill a baby before it's born. You can do it by making it illegal to shake your thonged butt in front of a bunch of kids, much less illegal to chop off their working sex organs. We exposed the laws of big tobacco in the past, and we are healthier because of it. Religious people abolished slavery because of the Second Great Awakening in America, and we're better because of it. As we expose the lies of Big Pharma, Big Abortion, and even the Respect for Marriage Act, our society will be a better place for us and our kids. And the truth, even when you don't like it, is still the best route for all of us. So I hope that's what we fall in love with more than just love for love's sake. That's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and most importantly... Go with God. Merry Christmas.